On this edition of the program, we break down all the clips from the final debate of 2023. And I got a little something for the political media. It's all coming up. This is made possible by Oh Them Bones, Daily Tech News Show, and Craig. Everybody to the Politics, Politics, Politics program for December 8th, 2023. Your old pal, Justin Robert Young, joining you from Austin, Texas. Final debate of the year in the books. Tuscaloosa, Alabama was the location for it. Four people on stage. Chris Christie barely made it. And before we start, I just want to get something off my chest because it's been building for a little bit and I'm finally done with it. And I want to, I want to express my frustration to you guys because you guys understand the passion that goes into this show. You understand the fact that whether or not you agree with my perspective on the state of play within our political system that you know that I'm passionate about it, that at least I am devoting my attention to it, that I actually care about it. And I hope that that comes through. In fact, I know that it comes through because there's a million people that have a million ideas about politics and they express them constantly. Since I first started doing this, there has been an explosion in political media. And many, many people are more popular than me. But there are many, many, many far more people that are less popular than me. So I got to be connecting on some level. And I do think it's because you can understand my passion for this subject. And I give you all that preamble so I can tell you what set it off. This phrase. Trump won the debate. Why does that annoy me? Why does Trump won the debate annoy me? It annoys me because to me, it signals that the outlets, and we're talking about top outlets and some people that I really respect, don't truly care about this. They don't really want to put in the understanding and intelligence and effort to give you, you, The political consumer, the product that you deserve. Let's break down that phrase. Trump won the debate. Is Donald Trump still going to be the front runner after the debate? Almost assuredly. Did anybody have any sense that something insane was going to happen on that debate stage and that it would totally upend anything that was happening in this race? No. Because anybody who is in this field, who follows politics, understands that the only ways that debate change things immediately, immediately, are by mistakes. We remember the mistakes. We remember Rick Perry's oops. When it gets to the to the presidential level, uh, you know, those debates, Things are a little bit more high stakes. So it makes a little bit more sense to to get into it there. But in these primary debates, they're for window shopping for the electorate. You're you're walking by. Republicans are walking by. They're they're looking in the window and they're like, ah, could I see myself in a Haley? Maybe. I don't know. You know, the Ramaswamy's interesting. It's a little loud. I don't know if it's for me. But when you say Trump won the debate, you might as well be saying, I didn't feel like working tonight. I didn't feel like actually watching this debate and understanding the through lines of these dynamics. Because regardless 
of whether or not you think that any of those four people on stage are going to win the nomination. And I don't. And I've been honest about that. They are all young by politics standards. They are all going to be in this world for a long time. All of them could run and win a Senate seat in the next four years. All of them are going to be players in this 2024 election, up to and including DeSanctis. Ron DeSantis will be on stage raising his hand with Donald Trump at some point before the end of this campaign for president, this election, this general election. So you need to watch it. And the tired take, the tired take, oh, well, the reason why Trump won the debate is because nobody attacked him. The man is 80% popular in his own party. Chris Christie, the man who has bet his entire campaign of I'm going to be the one that says the thing about Trump, has done nothing but say the thing about Trump. How has that treated him? Worse than everybody else on that stage, that's how. He has wasted more money. So it is offensive to you, you, the political consumer, when these rote, lazy, boring takes are just trotted out. Because here's the reality, and here's the reason why I do these episodes. Whether or not you are one of those Republicans that is window shopping or... You are a Democrat who is sizing up your opportunity to take down one of those four or Trump. You deserve to know what's said. You deserve to know the strategies they are employing. You deserve to know whether or not they executed their game plan on a level that they need to at this stage in the game. That's why I do this. It frustrates me that I try to look for other stuff along these lines and I can't find it. Everybody who's talented tends to be partisan. So I can't really, I I, I got to do my own encoding of like, okay, well, if this person said that Ron DeSantis did okay, but he hates DeSantis and that means DeSantis did great. I got to do my own mental math in my head to do it. But on the other hand, I guess it gives me a job. So thank you for allowing me to do it. Thank you for indulging my rant. Trump did not win this debate. Trump might win the nomination. I think he will. But this debate was its own animal. And and a lot of the clips that we're going to play here are people with ideas. I thought the first debate was a great walkthrough the marketplace of ideas on where the Republican Party is going to go post row. Yet a couple candidates on that stage saying a 15 week federal ban. Well, guess what? Two of those candidates already dropped out and Asa Hutchinson is lost in the woods and apparently doesn't have a phone and can't tell anybody that he's not in this race anymore. But that means that that is gone. We're done with that. That idea failed watching this debate or watching that debate, and then following along means we now know something about the Republican electorate that we didn't know before. And there were some ideas that were trotted out here that I think are worthwhile. So, we begin with what I believe was the story of the debate as he has made himself Vivek Ramaswamy, was the agitator, he was the straw that stirred the drink, I asked my live stream audience as I was watching this on Twitch. By the way, you can get the full watch along on Patreon. Just saying, we put that up. It's like a two hour episode because we have my my thoughts up front, my initial thoughts up front, and then the full watch along. So if you want that, get on Patreon. TakePoliticsSeriously.com. But I asked, I asked the audience, are we going to get good boy Vivek like we did in the Reagan library debate? who was saying, oh, I'm going to obey Reagan's 11th commandment. I will not attack anybody else on stage. Or are we going to get bad boy Vivek? Who yells and screams and calls people a lot of nasty names. Who called Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley Dick Cheney in heels. Well, we got bad boy Vivek, but it was not to everybody. It was mostly to Nikki Haley. And in this clip, he 
double dragoned with Ron DeSantis. This is Ron DeSantis and Vivek going after Haley. As a how-to manual, right, just like okay. to read George Orwell's books <laughs> okay, all right, as well. By. And so I think that that's actually far more dangerous than, I would, this is really important for people to understand. We're marching towards fascism under Biden. Jack Smith has subpoenaed every last retweet that someone has issued from Donald Trump in the year 2020. The only person more fascist than the Biden regime now is Nikki Haley, who thinks the government should identify every one of those individuals with an ID. That is not freedom. That is fascism. And she should come nowhere near the levers of power, let alone the White House. I've got to get to Governor Christie. I haven't forgotten no, about but you, can sir. I just say, can, you, can, can you speak? To, can I you, really appreciate it. How are you doing, sir? Good. Good to see you. Can you please speak to the, the requirement that you said that every anonymous internet user needs to out themselves. They're both hitting you on it. I would be happy to, and I love all the attention, fellas. Thank you for that. Um, you know, I will, I'll say this. What I said was that social media companies need to show us their algorithms. I also said there are millions of bots on social media right now. They're foreign, they're Chinese, they're Iranian. I will always fight for freedom of speech for Americans. We do not need freedom of speech for Russians and Iranians and Hamas. We That's need social media exactly. companies to go That's and fight back on all of these bots that are happening. That's what I said. As a mom, as a mom, do I think that social media would be more civil if we went and had people's names next to that? Yes, I do think that because I think we've got too much cyberbullying. I think we've got child pornography and all of those things. But having said that, I never said government should go and require anyone's name. That's names. false. She said, said, I want your name. She absolutely of the United said States, her first day in office, she said, one of the first things I'm going to do I said we were going to get the millions want of your bonds. Name. She wants government she ID to dox every American. Saying. That's what she said. You can roll the tape. She said, I want your name. And that was going to be one of the first things she did in office. And then she got real serious blowback, and understandably so, because it'd be a massive expansion of government. We have anonymous speech. The Federalist Papers were written with anonymous writers. Jay, Madison, and Hamilton, they, they went under pubulus. It's something that's important, and especially given how conservatives have been attacked and, and, and they've lost jobs and they've been canceled. You know the regime would use that to weaponize that against our own people. Okay. Okay, it was so, a bad so idea, say, and she should own up to it. There's another clip, just because I didn't want to make this entire show Vivek attacking Nikki Haley. Uh, uh, Vivek points out to Nikki Haley that Israel is not America. Hamas's attack on Israel is not an attack on America. And if she has a problem finding America on a map, his three-year-old son can show her how to do it. It was, it was pretty wild. You know, he called her a fascist there, called her an idiot, dumber than a three-year-old. Uh, and, and the names keep coming. But Chris Christie, who had largely not spoken a word up until this point, uses some of his first airtime to uh, step up for decorum. Provinces in eastern Ukraine that they want to send our troops to actually fight for. Look at that. This is what I want people to understand. These people have, I mean, she has no idea what the hell the names of those provinces are, but she wants to send our sons and daughters and our troops and our military equipment to go fight it. So reject this myth that they've been selling you, that somebody had a cup of coffee stint at the U.N. and then makes eight million bucks after, has real foreign policy experience. It takes an outsider to see this through. Look at the blank expression. She doesn't know the names of the provinces that she wants to actually fight for. And there's a puppet master right there. The donors, the donors right there that are playing her like the puppet okay, master. Hold on, hold on. Let me just say something here. You know, his reasonable peace deal in Ukraine, he made it clear. Give them all the land they've already stolen. Promise Putin you'll never put Ukraine in Russia. And then trust Putin not to have a relationship with China. Let me tell you something. That's no that's reasonable. Not my deal. That's, that's not my deal. Yes, Chris. it's exactly what I'll, you said. I'll you my do deal this at every debate. I'll, just, I'll tell you, you exactly say, what no, I'm Don't I'll interrupt me. I didn't interrupt is. you. Okay? You tell say this. You, you do this, to die. You do this at every debate. You go out on the stump and you say something. All of us see it on video. We confront you out on the debate stage. You say you didn't say it, and then you back away. And I want to I'll say tell you what, exactly no, what I, I said, Chris. I'm not I'm done yet. Well, this now is look. Hold this on. is and hold on. This man is spewing. This man is spewing nonsense. Let me tell you something. This is the fourth debate. The fourth debate that you would be voted in the first 20 minutes as the most obnoxious blowhard in America. So <laughs> shut up for a little while. I'm going to respond to that. I'm going to 
I want to say something else. We're now 25 minutes into this debate, and he has insulted Nikki Haley's basic intelligence, not her positions, her basic intelligence. She doesn't know regions. She wouldn't be able to find something on a map that his three-year-old could find. Look, if you want to disagree on issues, that's fine. And Nikki and I disagree on some issues. But I'll tell you this. I've known her for 12 years, which is longer than he's even started to vote in a Republican primary. I thought Nikki Haley had a bad night. And here's the reason why. Those were brutal attacks. And I think some of them were just out and out unfair. It's really bad for him. There's a reason why that crowd booed Vivek. And it wasn't the last time that he got booed. Because there is a line that you shouldn't cross in a Republican forum. You know, Kamala Harris got cheered for for ripping down Biden. Tim Ryan got cheered for ripping. Sorry, no, it was uh, Swalwell that got cheered for ripping Biden back in those primary debates. Republicans like to honor their elders. And Vivek is a person who's unknown. If you're not a super online person, I think there's a reason why Christie got cheered for it. But let's go back to Haley. She clammed up. She let these attacks affect her. And that surprised me because when we did our debate prep for Nikki Haley, one of the big things that I was very impressed by is her ability to take condescending attacks from men and levitate above them. It's part of the reason why I think she is a saint to a lot of female voters, not only in the Republican Party, but also independently. And she didn't do that here. She clammed up. She wasn't charming. She didn't smile through it. And when we judge performance at this level, unfortunately, that means you had a bad night. Let's get into some policy stuff. Ron DeSantis making mention of a policy on student loan debt. We'll do it. But, you know, another thing that's burdening young people are these student loans. Now, I don't support having a truck driver having to pay a student loan for someone that got a degree in gender studies. That is wrong. We should not have taxpayers do that. What I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to get to the root cause of the problem. These student loans are going to be backed by the universities because they need to have an incentive to produce gainful employment for people. They should not be indulging in ideological studies. They should be focusing on things that work. And we're going to take some of this money and we're going to move it to actual vocational training. In Florida, we doubled apprenticeships. We have more truck drivers. These are in-demand skills. Don't let anybody tell you that the only way you can be successful is through a four-year brick and ivy degree. That's one way you can be. It's not the only way. And we're going to fix that problem in the United States of America. Now, I, I would love to actually learn more about this particular idea from Ron DeSantis. Maybe I should email his press secretary about student loans because he says, I want to make four-year degrees guaranteed by the universities. And what I think that would mean is that if you are unable to pay your student loan, instead of the bank going after somebody's parents, like often happens now, they would go after the university. I would love this. (laughs) I mean, my number one thing is we should make student loans uh, bankruptable. I think that would be great. But if we're not going to do that, then I very much think that banks chasing after universities would make universities a lot more selective and a lot more incentivized to get kids jobs. And when you're charging the prices that these universities are, the fact that there's so many people getting pumped out and not landing in a job market, not utilizing the alumni network to get good jobs that you can pay those loans off for, you know, that's a real bummer. So I thought, look, that's an interesting idea. I like that part of this debate. This is Vivek having a technocratic thought on how specifically he would deport more people. Foot here, if, I may, if I may just hit this point, because uh, it relates to what they just said. 
There are things that the government can do right now that nobody's talking about amongst the professional politicians in this race. What about all of the illegals who are already here? Here's the answer. There's 287G in the law. That is a provision that already allows ICE agents to deputize or allow local law enforcement to enforce those ICE warrants. <coughs> and it shocks me that nobody in the Republican Party is talking about it because there are one million then officials, law enforcement officials in this country. And against that backdrop, we absolutely have the ability to Thank deport you. anybody who's in this country illegally. Thank you, we Mr. Need to be talking about more in this, in Thank this country. Thank you. Governor. You mentioned on the show this week that deporting people who came across illegally is now a nearly 50-50 popular position. It has become like 10 points more popular since Biden. I, I just want to put a pin in that mostly because I am of the mind that by the time the election rolls around next November, the way we talk about immigration then will be on another solar system, in another solar system compared to how we talked about it in 2016 and 2015. That's just my thought. Coming up, we are going to get into the moment that Nikki Haley could have absolutely brought the house down. I know I'm Monday morning quarterbacking, but I said it in the moment. You can check my Twitch stream. Three little words that would have won her the debate and banished Vivek Ramaswamy to the shadow realm. That's after this break. This is your update brought to you by TakePoliticsSeriously.com. Again, TakePoliticsSeriously.com is where you need to go if you want to support this show. $3 level gets you two bonus podcasts each and every week. And like I mentioned before, if you want my initial thoughts, my fresh off the press thoughts on this debate, you can get that. But if you also didn't watch it and you actually want to listen to the debate... And hear me talk about it. Well, I mean, you're listening to my TV in, into my microphone. So it's not the greatest, right? You know, we don't want high fidelity. That's I think that's illegal. But you can hear my running commentary on the debate, on the Patreon, available right now. TakePoliticsSeriously.com. $3 level is where you need to go to get that right now. But... Let's get to the stories that we're not going to talk about because we're talking all about the debate. CNN has announced two Republican presidential primary debates for next year, January 2024. They will occur in Iowa and New Hampshire, pivotal states in the GOP nomination race. The debates will provide a platform for Republican candidates to have their final say before the votes. First debate is scheduled for January 10th at Drake University in Iowa, followed by a second debate on January 21st at St. Anselm College in New Hampshire. Now, this is the key. To participate in these debates, candidates must meet specific criteria, including achieving at least 10% in three national polls or state-specific polls that align with CNN standards. This includes at least one approved CNN poll of likely caucus goers or primary voters in Iowa and New Hampshire, respectfully, or sorry, respectively. Former President Donald Trump, South Carolina Governor and Ambassador Nikki Haley, and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis have already met that criteria. And unless something drastically changes, maybe Vivek, but almost certainly not Christie in those two. The qualifying periods for those debates end on January 2nd for Iowa and January 16th for New Hampshire. Additionally, candidates must fulfill constitutional requirements, file a statement of candidacy with the Federal Election Commission, and agree to the debate rules and formats. Very good chance Chris Christie isn't in either one of those. 
very good chance that Vivek might not be in either one of those. If it's just Haley and Ron, and let's just imagine, Ron DeSantis had a good debate. There's a CNN poll in Iowa that has him only down 20 in Iowa. And I know, I know, baby steps, baby steps down the hall, baby steps to Des Moines, baby steps to Ankeny. Uh, let's imagine that we have a little Ron Mentum. Does Donald Trump get on that debate stage? That's going to be the big question in Iowa. Former Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy announced this week that he would resign from Congress at the end of the year. Not stay through the election. He's getting out of here. It came as a disappointment, but not a surprise to many of his supporters in Congress. McCarthy is well-liked among many. I mean, there were eight that were very, very upset with him. But him leaving is not out of the ordinary. Usually when speakers don't become the speaker anymore, they they do leave pretty fast. Nancy Pelosi is an exception to that. However, you know, this is not a... uh, uh, The Republicans barely have a majority. So if Kevin McCarthy leaves... And George Santos is flipped for a Democrat, which is likely going to happen by February. Then I believe the Republican margin is one. And finally, a milestone hit by President Biden, according to 538's approval matrix. He is the most unpopular that he has ever been according to their average his approval rank uh, sank to its lowest ever 37.6% on aggregate his uh, disapproval is 55.8 that is an 18% split that's worse than real clear politics averages by the way and everybody points to real clear politics averages being this you know conservative propaganda factory, but their average has Biden slightly more popular, 39.8 and his disapproval, 55.8. That is a 16% golf. And uh, there is still more room for Biden to fall in RCP to be the most unpopular that he has been. The man's got two wars. And they are both front of mind. There is the chance that Ukraine could fall apart if they don't get money to him. Like soon, like within two months. And his progressive flank is furious with him for not pushing for a ceasefire in Gaza. Not great, Bob. Not great. That's your update. TakePoliticsSeriously.com, where you need to go. $3 level gets you two bonus podcasts each and every week. One recap of all the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday shows. And another, giving you the late edition, or in this week's case, our full debate watch-along. TakePoliticsSeriously.com. Dr. Fauci. He didn't fire Christopher Ray. He didn't clean up the swamp. He said he was going to drain it. He did not drain it. He said he was going to build the wall and have Mexico pay for it. We don't have the wall. Uh, he did say in 2016 he'd have the largest deportation program in history. He deported less than Barack Obama did when Barack Obama was president. So some of the some of these policies he ran on in 16. I was cheering him on then, but he didn't deliver it. Here's what I can promise people. 100% of the things I promised as governor, I delivered on those promises. I beat the left time and time again, and that's what I'll do for you as president. we got to start winning again as a party. Yes, win the election, but we've got to start getting these issues. 
I will go in and wreak havoc on this bureaucracy. You will see people fired, and we are going to bring a reckoning for how this government here's, handled listen, here's COVID-19. What, here's, 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 what, here's, here's what you is he fit to be president or isn't he? The rest of the speech is interesting, but completely non-responsive. And if we were in a courtroom, they'd strike the answer and say, Governor DeSantis. No, they you're wouldn't. A smart, they would say that you're a they, smart they would man. That the, no, they would. No, they wouldn't. They would Chris. strike the answer no, they because you're not answering you it. Just is he don't fit? Like, you is have he fit? Your, you have no. your thing. Is he fit you or isn't he? No, I don't have my thing. We don't. He's the thing. Is we he do fit not or isn't he? Do you're talking about him being 80, 80 years old? It doesn't mean that somebody could get elected. That's not the people that Governor DeSantis let him. Governor DeSantis let him. Ron, I think we have an opportunity to do somebody in the private. Yes. We don't have to no worry about no. all this I'm stuff with Ron. Stop. We can get it done. Stop. We'll do it. I'm going to come to you. Finish. Look, Father Time is undefeated. I don't know how he would score on a, on a test, but I know this. We have an opportunity to nominate someone and elect someone for two terms who's going to be spitting nails on day one and for eight years so deliver you, you big results. We should think. not nominate somebody he won't who's, answer. Who's, who's almost 80 years old. Okay. He's afraid to answer. That is Chris Christie going after Ron DeSantis. He tried to do that a couple times. He tried to do the Rubio to Ron DeSantis. The meta commentary of... Now look at this. Look at what he just did. This is what he always does. Rubio wound up falling right into it, right? Famously. With Ron DeSantis, he, uh, Christie did the same thing that he did in that clip earlier in the debate, said, listen to Ron, he never actually answers the question. Now, that thing at the end, where it was like, and they were talking over each other, watching this debate back, I actually think that's, and this might be brainworms. I'm, I'm going to fully admit that this is brainworms because I don't think that Ron DeSantis did this on purpose. But if you're trying to gum up the works, Chris Christie's one of those guys that if he lands something on you, it's going to be memorable. He's going to say it with bravado. He's an excellent orator and he is a memorable speaker. He can say it from his gut and it's probably going to hang around your neck. Just ask Marco. DeSantis just kind of kept filibustering. Nothing Christie said was clean, so nothing was a soundbite. Might have brainworms. But again, I thought that was better than the alternative. I've said before that Vivek Ramaswamy's actual goal, well, not goal, destiny in this race is to be Donald Trump's opening act. He previewed his routine last night. Three of my other colleagues on this debate stage is all three of them have been licking Donald Trump's boots for years for money and endorsements. Ron DeSantis, you've been a great governor, but you would have never been one without actually begging Donald Trump for that endorsement. And you attacked him in your book a year ago. Same thing with Chris Christie as a lobbyist, begging them for COVID money for his special interests in New Jersey, prepping him for the debates last time around. These people are now Monday morning quarterbacking some decision he made. I think the real enemy is not Donald Trump. It's not even Joe Biden. It is the deep state that at least Donald Trump attempted to take on. And if you want somebody who's going to speak truth to power, then vote for somebody who's going to speak the truth to you. Why am I the only person on the stage, at least, who can say that January 6th now does look like it was an inside job? That the government lied to us for 20 years about Saudi Arabia's involvement in 9-11. That the great replacement theory is not some grand right-wing conspiracy theory but a basic statement of the Democratic Party's platform, that the 2020 election was indeed stolen by big tech, that the 2016 election, the one that Trump won for sure, was also one that was stolen from him by the national security establishment (laughs) that actually put up the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that they knew was false. There's a reason why I'm the only person on the stage who can say these things. That's what it's going to take, not people who were licking his boots one time and now Monday morning quarterbacking and criticizing him when it's convenient. Governor Christie. 
Now, here's something that I'm going to give you guys that demonstrates the difference in confidence and assurity between the two candidates that people had the most eyes on. Ron DeSantis is looking to be waning. He's got problems with his super PAC. He hasn't been able to get momentum, blah, 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 blah. Nikki Haley has had a lot of fundraising success recently. She is looked at as the actual alternative to Trump. She is the golden child. You knew that Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley were going to go back and forth. DeSantis went at Nikki Haley early and often. This is Haley's opportunity to go after Ron. But just listen to the lack of authority in, in Nikki's voice and DeSantis's ad lib rebuttals, like trying to just sneaking them in, in, in the pauses and breath that demonstrate his strength. He has a probably overprepared knowledge of his record and the records of his opponents. Just listen. So first of all, Ron has continued to lie because he's losing. No, it's, it's not just, a lie. You are lying. You so said first it on of, tape. So first of all, I will say that when I was governor, 10 years ago when the bathroom situation came up, I, we had maybe a handful of kids that were dealing with an issue. And I said, we don't need to bring government into this, but boys go into boys' bathrooms, girls go into girls' bathrooms, and if anyone else has an issue, they use a private bathroom. Now, 10 years later, we see that this issue has exploded. And this shows how hypocritical Ron continues to be. When he was running for governor and they asked him about that, he said he didn't think bathroom bills were a good use of his time. You can go look that up. I signed a bathroom bill in Florida, so but that's obviously say, no. not true. <laughs> so the idea that you would say that I, I was against it, that. You didn't. You killed it. I signed it. I we stood didn't. up for little girls. You didn't do it. And there was this going on. I was actually just in South Carolina. Some of the legislators told me at the time there were boys going into the girls. That's the there whole reason not. why they no, did no, it. No, 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 no. And so they say when she does that explanation that that doesn't hold water. And this is the upstate of South Carolina. Ron, I signed the bill. I protected the girls. Do you know girls. South Carolinians? She did not do, do you know it. South I know South Carolinians? That. Because <laughs> South Carolinians. No, no, no. You are not going to talk about my state like that because I will tell you for a fact, South Carolinians never allowed that to happen. And we hadn't, we did not have that issue at the time. What I have always said is boys going to a boys bathroom, girls going to a girls bathroom. But hold on one second. I also say that biological boys shouldn't be playing in girls sports. And I will do everything I can to stop that because it's the women's issue of our time. This is, I, I have legislation to protect women's sports. We're I gonna, actually get this stuff done. Thank you, guys. We're going to move on. Okay. Here it is. The final, the final conflict between Vivek and Nikki. And if that CNN threshold holds, then it might be the last time that Nikki and Vivek are on stage together. It gets nasty. The only thing you really need to know is right before the booing, Vivek holds up a piece of paper that says Nikki equals corrupt. Take a listen. Thank you, guys. We're going to move on. Mr. Ramaswamy, when discussing your Hindu faith in September, you seem to take a shot at Ambassador Haley, who is also Indian American and who converted to Christianity as an adult. You said an easy thing for me to do, being a politician, is to shorten my name, profess to be a Christian, and then run. Make Vivek Vicky or whatever, End quote. Are you questioning Nikki Haley's Christian convictions? And why has your campaign made a point of referring to Ambassador Haley by her given first name, Nimarada, even though she has gone by Nikki for her whole life? Well, my whole deal is if Nikki Haley, of all people, should know how to pronounce my name correctly, the rest of the news media can learn it. My deal is I'll call her Nikki when she can say my own name right. That's our little fun side bet there. Here's what I will say is deeper. I don't question her faith, but I question her authenticity. And I think that's deeper here. We were just talking about the trans issue. This is a symptom of a deeper cancer in American life, identity politics. This new religion that says your race, your gender, and your sexuality are your identity. It is anti-American. It is meritocratic. It's anti-meritocratic. And it is dividing this country to a breaking point. And I've spoken about this to the left. My books are all about this. 
I've preached this to the left, but it's even worse when Republicans try to play the same game. We're talking about that trans issue. And Nikki Haley's campaign launch video sounded like a woke Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light ad talking about how she would kick in heels. At the first debate, she said that only a woman can get this job done. That's what she said. After the third debate, when I criticized Ronna McDaniel after five failed years of leadership of this party and criticized Nikki for her corrupt foreign dealings as a military contractor, she said that I have a woman problem. Nikki, I don't have a woman problem. You have a corruption problem. And I think that that's what people need to know. Nikki is corrupt. This is a woman who will send your kids to die so she can buy a bigger house. This is the problem. Using identity politics more effectively than Kamala Harris is a form of intellectual fraud. And it actually needs to end. There's our donor puppet masters wielding their puppet right up here tonight. This is how this game is played. The puppet masters put up their puppet, and I reject the use of identity politics in this party. It has been a cancer coming from the left, and I'm sick and tired of the double standards the people of this country are too. Having two X chromosomes does not immunize okay, you from thank criticism. You. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Governor Haley, would you like to respond? No. It's not worth my time to respond to him. You have been using identity politics at every step. She knows it's true, and that's why she's you actually you okay. Sir, we're not going to give you a response to the question that was... Nikki took strike three looking. She was teed up. Do you have anything to respond to this millennial miscreant giving you the business? And she said, no, he's not worth my time. Now, let's understand a few things about Nikki Haley. She is a very proud Southern woman. She is somebody that identifies with South Carolina very clearly. She identifies with the aesthetic of the Southern matriarch, somebody for whom is unflappable, somebody that has a cool air about her. Do not cross her because she will never forget. But there is an element of... Eloquence with our friends in the uh, southern region. Nikki Haley is certainly somebody that is known to turn a phrase. And so, as she is being attacked by this biotech CEO, big fancy city boy. In Tuscaloosa, Alabama. As a Southern woman. If her response were just the three words when Megan Kelly tees it up, do you have anything to respond? Yes, Megan, I do. Vivek, bless your heart. In Tuscaloosa, Alabama, you would have been able to measure the reaction on a Richter scale because anybody in the South knows that if you want to destroy your enemy, the people for whom you hate the most, what you tell them is bless your heart. Bless your heart is the C word in the South. And Nikki Haley has used it politically in the past to talk about Donald Trump. I think if Nikki Haley had her head more in the game, she would have. I'm not saying she had to use that line. She would have had something other than just saying, no, I don't want to respond. Her ability to levitate means she has to demonstrate confidence. And just saying no does not demonstrate confidence. Well, we played Vivek getting booed a lot. Here's Vivek getting some applause. Again, policy. Here he is attacking insurance companies. So here's the answer. We don't have a health care system in this country. We have a sick care system. We need to start having diverse insurance options in a competitive marketplace that cover actual health, preventative medicine, diet, exercise, lifestyle, and otherwise. And okay. here's how we deliver that. End the antitrust exemptions for health insurance companies. That's where the competitive marketplace begins. That's crony capitalism, and that's the answer. Okay, through Operation Warp Speed. You know, something that we haven't seen in the modern small dollar donation era 
is somebody going after insurance companies. Because normally insurance companies are so well connected in D.C. They spend so much money on advertising that if you go against them, you're just going to get run out of the game. But Vivek, who was not endearing himself to the crowd for a large portion of this debate, gets applause when he goes after them. This is a populist issue. Healthcare is is bad and worse than ever. And Obamacare, which essentially codified the oligopoly, uh, the, the oligopoly of the insurance companies, did not do us a lot of favors. So I do think that that's interesting. All right, one final clip here for you. Meatball Ron. I said during the DeSantis debate last week, or sorry, the, the DeSantis Newsom debate last week, that Ron DeSantis is a nerd. The more he leans into being a nerd, the better off he is. That's a good position for him. And you know he's in his bag when he feels comfortable enough to do nerdy stuff. And so, asked by the moderators, what president would you look to emulate the most? DeSantis gives the nerdiest response possible. Uh, Reagan, Washington, Lincoln, excellent. Uh, one of the guys I'll take inspiration from is Calvin Coolidge. Now, people don't talk about him a lot. He's one of the few presidents that got almost everything right. He understood the proper role of the federal government under the Constitution. We need to restore the U.S. Constitution as the centerpiece of our national life. And that requires a president who understands the original understanding of the Constitution, who has a good sense of the Bill of Rights, and who knows how we've gone off track with this massive fourth branch of government, uh, this administrative state which is imposing its will on us and is being weaponized against us. So Silent Cal knew the proper role of the federal government. The country was in great shape when, when he was president of the United States. And we can earn, earn, learn an awful lot from Calvin Coolidge. That man not only looks up to Calvin Coolidge, he knows his nickname, Silent Cal. <laughs> That's nerdy. That's nerdy. He's uh, look, Ron DeSantis is unlikable. He stands weird. He looks weird. He chews weird. He doesn't naturally connect. But you can connect to him as a character if he leans into stuff like that. He's not going to be cool. In a lot of ways, he would be better off if he leaned into his eccentricities like Bernie Sanders. He could look at Bernie Sanders and learn a lot about just how to present yourself. Say, no, I'm not going to do other stuff. I'm going to do my own weird thing. That's what I do. And that was the debate. Bad night for Haley. Swan song for Christy. You know, here's the problem with Christy. He very much wants to every sentence say, I'm attacking Donald Trump. None of you guys are attacking Donald Trump. We should all be attacking Donald Trump. Which everybody's already heard. We know. Cool. Get it. But what everybody wants out of Christie is for him to rip Vivek and rip DeSantis and rip Nikki Haley. And he doesn't want to do that because he wants to focus on Trump. So he's in a catch-22. He really can't succeed. Vivek, I think, will only get less popular. But, again, I'm just going to stick to my guns and say he is just as likely to drop out and just be Trump's opening act. There we go. Another two debate wins in two weeks for Ron DeSantis. And that'll wrap it up for us today. Politics, 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 written, recorded, and hosted by your old pal, Justin Robert Young, for Dog and Pony Show Audio in Austin, Texas. If you'd like to email the show, it is theyoungamerican at gmail.com. Twitter is px3tweets. My personal Twitter is Justin R. Young. Our Twitch is px3live.com. 
You can share this podcast, px3podcast.com. By the way, I'm Justin R. Young everywhere, including TikTok and Instagram. And we got some video stuff brewing. Reformatted the studio. It's a lot easier to produce these uh, clips now. And uh, if you want to share them, you know, you want to, you want to, you know, just have it in your, your Instagram reels, your TikTok feed, your Twitter. Follow Justin R. Young. If you'd like to support me, the one-time donation, it is paypal.me slash pay or Venmo is justin-young-20. Cash app is px3cash. You can send me anything you'd like in the mail. P.O. Box 1531-84, Austin, Texas, 78715. You can always get our bonus content at takepoliticsseriously.com. $3 tier gets your bonus episodes, two of them, in fact, covering all the news that we miss on our free podcasting schedule. And... Your $10 tier gets you all that, plus your name read on the show like these fine folks in the Titanic $10 tier. Ye old Pinball Shop, John, DP4 Bongos, Sam, John, Edwin, Kathy Mack, and Bo Gloria Young for King of the New World Order. Brian, Edison, Jeremy, a dog named Checkers. Sarah Jeannie, Matthew, Dr. G, his nerdiness, Charles. Darren, Idris Arslanian, Berkeley Steven, Nomadic Terran, Molly's Delightful Demeanor, Adam, Chief Andy, Robert, Casey, Paul... Dustin, Brad, D-Laser, Nick Wood, Just Another Pilot, Middle-Aged Mike, Utah, Jimmy Montana, The Jen, D-Really, Chopper, Andrew, Adam L, My Mom, Gloria, Neemeister, J, and Devon. You want your name right on the show? TakePoliticsSeriously.com is where you need to go. We got a lot of cool people coming on the show in the next few weeks. We are on the road to Iowa. We'll be in Des Moines soon, baby. I can't wait. Until next time, this is your old pal, Justin Robert Young, saying some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more discuss politics, but this, this is the only show that dares discuss all three. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> Dog and Pony Show Audio.